Good morning. All right, good. Can everyone hear me? Good morning. Welcome to Broadway Baptist Church. It is so great to see everyone this morning. This is, of course, a, a big day here at Broadway, which we're very excited about. Uh, I want to acknowledge and, and welcome Chris, uh, Wright, and, and Lauren, uh, and their son, Thomas. So we are so excited they're here this morning as, as uh, yeah. As he, he will lead us in worship this morning, and then, of course, immediately following the service, uh, we will have our special business meeting. Uh, so we are so excited, so happy uh, about the future here at Broadway and, and reaching uh, young people for Christ uh, and college students. So we are so excited for them, our guests, to be here. And, and for other guests, we are just as excited for you to be here as well. So we are uh, so glad uh, that you made it today. And if you are a guest, please take your bulletin. Hopefully you got one at, at the door. Uh, take your bulletin, and there's a tear-off tab. Uh, fill that out and drop it in the offering plate as it goes by, and that can be your gift to us uh, this morning. Uh, there's a lot happening. I know the Israel trip is coming up. We have our youth winter retreat this upcoming weekend. Uh, so many things happening in our church, so uh, check out the bulletin for announcements and things going on. Uh, and at this time, if you would please stand for the reading of God's Word. And upon the completion of the reading, please remain standing. Psalm 96. O oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless His name. Tell of His salvation from day to day. Declare His glory among the nations, His marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and beauty are in His sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come into His courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of His holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. He will judge the peoples with equity. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for He comes, for He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in His faithfulness. together this morning. He's coming on the clouds. Kings and kingdoms will bow down. And every chain will break as broken hearts declare His praise. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. 
He's roaring with power and fighting our battles, and every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, and every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Open up the gates. Let's worship our King. So open up the gates. Make way before the King of Kings. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. For who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb. The Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Let's declare this together. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Sing that again. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. And every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Amen. You can be seated this morning. Good morning. What a glorious day here at Broadway. A few months ago, we voted that we needed a contemporary music program here at Broadway. And the Lord has heard our prayers. Chris Wright is with us today. Chris, can you join me, please? His wife, Lauren. Lauren, will you stand? Their son, Thomas, who's the future drummer of the family. <laughs> Let's give a Broadway welcome, please, to the Wright family. 
let me tell you what's going to transpire today. After the, the service, we are going to have a special called business meeting. At that time, members of Broadway will vote whether to call Chris as our new contemporary music slash college minister. Chris's resume has been in the back of the church for the last couple of weeks. It will be there. Uh, it's there today. If you have any questions during the business meeting, you can certainly ask Chris as well. We are so thankful again that Chris is here, that Lauren and, and the family. Um, we are, are, again, just, just blessed and overwhelmed that, that God has heard our prayers. At this time, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to do the uh, offering. So if the ushers can come forward, Brother Hurd is, is going to lead us in, in our prayer. And again, this group has practiced one time. That was last night. So they've done a marvelous job after just such a short practice. Thank you. Praise him. Would you join your heart with me this morning to go to the Lord in prayer? Father, this is a special day in the life of this church and also in this young couple, Chris and his wife, as they've come in view of a call. And we hope, we ask, Lord, for your divine guidance and leadership. Father, more than anything else, we want to be in your will doing your plan and your purpose in fulfilling that. We pray for the anointing of your spirit and leading this day. And Father, as it comes in our service this morning for the tithe and the offering, Father, we are reminded in your word that the tithe is holy, that it belongs to you. And Father, as we come this morning to give the tithes and the offerings over and above, we pray, Lord, that you would bless the gift and the giver. And, Father, that your spirit might prevail in our hearts this day for all the special needs of those that are here today. In Jesus' name, amen. You can stay seated as we worship together this morning. again worse is the lamb Oh 
Won't you stand in worship with us this morning? Blessing and honor, strength and glory and power be to you, the only wise King. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was in Him. Praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. We respond to our God this morning. Let's sing. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. With all creation I sing praise to the King of Kings. You are my everything, and I will adore you sing the splendor of the king the splendor of the king clothed in majesty let all the earth rejoice all the earth rejoice he wraps himself in light and darkness tries to hide it trembles at his voice it trembles at his voice sing how great how great is our god Sing with me, how great is our God, and all will see how great, how great.
So this morning they uh, they asked me to share my testimony, share about myself for um, just a brief minute. And I'm I'm gonna pick this mic up if that's okay. Um, and as I thought about what to share with you, I, I looked at um, kind of the theme of our service for this morning. And I don't know if you you paid much attention to the lyrics that were on the screen, but there's a, a constant thread that's run through this morning. Um, and it wasn't necessarily planned, but uh, I, I believe that God works in mysterious ways. And this morning we've been singing about the greatness, the, ma- the power, the majesty of our God and our King. And so as I thought about what I wanted to share this morning, um, I thought I would share um, just for a brief moment about um, how God's power has been displayed in my life. Um, so I, I grew up uh, as a pastor's son, and I know some of you have looked through my resume, and I believe some of this is on there, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself. Uh, but I grew up as a pastor's son, so I kind of joke with people that 
Uh, I wasn't just at church when the doors were open. They were locked. We had keys, and so I was there when they were closed. Um, but uh, I grew up in church. I, I don't remember a time where I didn't know the stories of Jesus and the stories of the Bible um, and know all of these important characters in Christian history. Um, I knew who they were. Um, and so at the age of, of seven, I went forward and I was baptized. Uh, but the reality is uh, there was no change in my life because the knowledge was here and I understood who they were, but I hadn't let the gospel of Jesus Christ permeate my being. I hadn't understood really um, what it meant to be a believer in Christ. I hadn't allowed that to penetrate my heart and my soul. Uh, and so uh, there was no, no real change in my life. Now, don't get me wrong. I was seven years old. How bad could it have been, right? Um, but I still live for myself. Uh, and I, I never uh, pursued a, a growing relationship, a growing walk with Jesus Christ. Uh, and so we moved to Kentucky when I was 10 to Williamsburg. Uh, and from there, uh, I went through middle and high school. Um, and when I graduated high school, uh, I came into contact with the person of Jesus Christ for the first time. Um, I understood my sin. I understood God's grace. I understood my need of his grace and my need for a savior. And that was when I became a believer in Christ for the first time and began pursuing a deepening relationship with him. Shortly after that, I was called into ministry, and I remember um, as a kid in high school, uh, my dad was a pastor, and I wanted nothing to do with ministry, um, and so I remember going to college, and I wanted to be a music producer, um, so I went to Belmont University in Nashville, and I remember my first semester there, I was absolutely miserable, and I hated it, and I could not figure out why, because I wanted it for so long. And so I, I prayed, and I said, God, what, what's, what's going on here? Um, and the more I prayed, the more that uh, I sought counsel from uh, older believers, and the more that I was in church, and the more that I served in church, the more it became very clear to me that God had a direction for my life and a plan for my life. Um, and so uh, my freshman year of college, I surrendered uh, to the call to ministry, and uh, I realized that the school where I was at was not the place that I needed to be to receive the, the training and the skills that I needed to, to serve his church and serve his people uh, the way that I wanted to do. And so I transferred, and I went to Campbellsville. And uh, it was at Campbellsville that I met my beautiful wife, Lauren. Um, it took me a year to ask her out. So, you know, God's power is, in fact, incredible. He got over my nerves. So, um, but I, I, we dated for about a year and a half uh, and then we were married. We've been married almost four years now. Uh, we were married in May of 2015. Um, and through our marriage, you know, we, we've, we've had our struggles. We've had our ups and downs. Uh, but I, I can say without a shadow of a doubt that the greatest blessing that we have is in her lap right now. Uh, we have a five-month-old named Thomas. who will be five months Wednesday. Uh, and we're just so excited about him and excited about all the joy that, that he brings in our life. But I say all that. Because this next song, and I believe it may be new to, uh, to your congregation, but it's called Oh Praise the Name. Um, well, one of the reasons that I love this song is because it tells so beautifully the story of the gospel. It tells so beautifully the, the death and the burial of Jesus Christ and that he died for our sins. There's a refrain and it says, Oh praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh praise his name forevermore. For endless days we'll sing your praise. Oh Lord, oh Lord our God. Um, and because of Jesus' death, burial, and his resurrection, you see there's a second title this, to this song. It's, it's a parenthetical aside. It's, oh, praise the name. And then in parentheses, it's anastasis. And that's the Greek word for resurrection. 
because it doesn't stop in the grave, but Jesus rose from the dead three days later. And it doesn't stop there, but as believers, we have the hope and the promise of the resurrection. So this morning, as we reflect on the resurrection, we can sing with hope and assurance, oh, praise the name of the Lord our God, because we have the knowledge that he's returning and that he's calling us home to be with him at some point in the future. And so this morning, as we sing together, I'm going to invite you to stand again, and we're going to continue to worship together this morning. I cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands, his feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. His body bound and drenched in tears. They laid him down in Joseph's tomb. The entrance sealed by heavy stone. Messiah still and all alone. Sing, oh, praise the name this morning. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Then on the third, at break of dawn, the Son of Heaven rose again. Oh, trampled dead, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ the King. Oh, praise the name. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Oh, praise the name. The Lord our God, oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise, oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. He shall return. In robes of white, the blazing sun shall pierce the night, and I will rise among the saints, my gaze transfixed on Jesus' face. 
we thank you that we have reason to sing your praise this morning. Lord, we thank you that we have the hope of eternal life in you, the promise of heaven, where, Father, we're going to praise you for all time and all eternity. God, this morning, I pray that you would bless Brother Daniel as he comes to bring your, your message, Lord, that you would speak through him to us. God, that we would hear you in a new and a fresh way this morning. God, we love you. We thank you for the time that we have together. But, God, we thank you most of all for Jesus. And it's in his powerful name that we pray. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much, uh, praise team and worship band. They did a great job for one practice. They practiced yesterday afternoon. That was, that was outstanding. <laughs> if you have your Bible, I hope you do, go ahead and open to, up to the book of John. John chapter 17. While you turn there, I'm going to lead us in a prayer for Mr. Bill Eads and his family. I'm going to give you an update on Brother Bill. <clears throat> also, if you have a bulletin, you need to pull out in your bulletin, and there should be an insert in there. I'm preaching on reaching college students for Jesus this morning. So you want to pull out your bulletin, insert there, and be able to follow along. <clears throat> Bill Eads is our church custodian. He's been serving here decades, probably 25, 30 years. Uh, just wonderful man, uh, just uh, he loves our family. He's really gotten to know Daniel Jr. Uh, well, about nine or ten months ago, he was diagnosed with cancer, and it went into remission, but it has come back, and it's come back pretty bad. It's spread all over his body, and Brother Bill has only been given two weeks to live, and it's not, not good. He's in, he came up here one day this week, and it was, it was sad. He can't use his left leg. He was in a walker. He's really gone downhill quickly. Um, you know, Bill is uh, Bill's so faithful. You know, every single church event, if you ever notice, you would always look at the back. I mean, any church event, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and you look at the back and you see a man standing in the corner over there, he was waiting for you to leave. That's what he was waiting for. <laughs> he's going to turn the lights out, and he's going to start cleaning up after you. Every, he worked, he was available 24-7, never went out of town, never went on vacation. He was truly always here, always available. So we, we miss him. It is. Uh, you know, his daughter, Mandy, he has a daughter named Mandy, and she is, uh, she wants, um, she's um, engaged to get married in October, but she wants her daddy to walk her down the aisle. So we might have a wedding up here tomorrow, so, because uh, she wants to move up the wedding as soon as possible, so Bill could walk his daughter, Mandy, down the aisle. But I want to lead us in a prayer for their family. Uh, you know, I think about weddings. Do you know who cleans every wedding? It's Bill. Every event, he's there serving, so... We, we miss him, we do. So he has really 
He just loved our family. I know loved on us. I know the same with you. Just a heart of gold. So let's bow our heads. I want to pray for the Eads family. God, we come to you this morning. I especially pray for the Eads family. Lord, it's, it's so sad to see such a wonderful man, Brother Bill, who's so faithful to Broadway, so faithful to our church. And I know my family and all the folks here, every single event he was at, they're serving. Lord, I just pray for his family, his children right now. They are grieving. Um, they're, uh, they're, for the Father doesn't have much time left here on earth. But Lord, we do rejoice that Bill is saved. He is a faithful believer. He loves you. I know he is soon going to be in your presence. And Lord, we give you, Bill. We just pray that he's able to see his daughter Mandy walk down the aisle or walk her down the aisle and uh, help her with her, her wedding and her marriage. Lord, we just pray for our uh, church as it will be a time of transition for just uh, missing him at every single event. Got to know all the different children, the different homeschoolers who are up here. So many folks knew Brother Bill. Lord, I just especially pray right now as a church family, praying for the Eads family. In Jesus' name we all pray, amen. I know that will be a blessing. I know as you reach out to him and, and pray for his family, it will mean a lot. If you do, open your Bible to the book of John, John chapter 17. I am going to share here about our city. Did you know Lexington is a college town? I'm sure many of you knew that. We have thousands of college students who are here in our city and who need Jesus. College students come to our city. In fact, on this little handout here, we are at the uh, city of the University of Kentucky, and the most recent freshman class, those who are the entering freshmen who started a few months ago, they had 5,102 students. Of those, 36%, so about a third of them, they came from out of state. Now look at this. The average ACT score was almost 26, which that's pretty good, and that's the highest ever. The average GPA was 3.76, which was also a record for UK. Now I see these stats, and I wonder, Sherry, could I get accepted in the UK? Would I be able to go to this school if I applied? But um, I know many of you hopefully are maybe thinking the same thing, so I'm not the only one. But you know, the children, the students who come to the school here in Lexington and come to UK, these students are intelligent. They're bright. They're on top of things. They have been preparing to go off to college literally their entire academic, from first grade, you're told, where do you want to go to school? You need to make good grades. You need to do well on tests and so you can excel in college. And a lot of times what happens, they come to college, they come to our city, come from other states here to Lexington, and a lot of these young adults, they are, they're come here wild-eyed, excited about their future, big plans for many of them, if not for most of them, it's the first time they've ever left home. 18 years old, coming into a city. They're coming here excited. But so many of them actually leave shipwrecked. Many of these kids, they grew up in a youth group. They grew up in their local Baptist church. They were just a few months before they came here, they had a little graduation service, paraded them up on the stage, gave them a Bible, clapped, had a party, had a wonderful celebration. And a lot of them go off to school, and it's almost like what happened, that deep faith in that youth group and that devotion to the Lord. Broadway Baptist Church, 
needs, doesn't just need, it has to be a church. We have a very large SEC school, it's literally one and a half, two miles down the road from here. We have to be intentional in reaching college students with the gospel. We all know when school's in session, traffic's awful. There's more people all around. There's more uh, uh, folks that happen. The decisions that youth, that young folks make, in many ways, between the ages of about 18 and 25, do you all know that shapes you the rest of your life? Those can be formative years that young folks really learn about what it means to be a believer, what it means to be a disciple, develop their own, their own take, take hold of the Christian faith and make it their own, and not just say, I believe this because I grew up in my mama's and daddy's house and I went to youth group at the church I went to. They take it and make it their own faith. Or that's a time in your life that you can make a bunch of regretful decisions and literally it goes along with you the rest of your days. So what we want to do, we want to see here in the Bible, as well as your old hand I have here, that how many of the Lexingtons, many of the college students, they come to our city with just such excitement and opportunity, and they don't realize it, but according to 1 Peter 5, 8, there is a roaring lion waiting right down, two miles down this road here, Broadway. You're waiting to devour them. Satan and the devil know that if he can get these people to make poor decisions, to abandon and shipwreck their faith, that will keep them derailed the rest of their life. It will take somebody who comes to this city as a young disciple, all of a sudden they're no longer following Jesus. They don't even know what they believe. And our job as Lexingtonians and members here at Broadway is that we are praying for college students. We are looking for opportunities to befriend them. The sad thing is, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I want you to think about this. Okay, we live in a college town. But do you know that most of us here, I would say a vast majority of us here, we don't even know a single college student. I mean, we don't know zero. We don't know a single college student. We couldn't even tell you a name of someone. We might guess a first name, but that's about it. Someone we think we saw at church. Well, we don't know them. We don't know anything about them. And what's happening is we're failed to realize here in our city that, yes, the Lord's certainly at work, but also the devil is getting a hold of young people and really derailing them in life. And we have to be intentional, because if you aren't intentional in reaching college students, and they're all around, you just might not see them in church on Sunday, but everywhere you go, they're working all over this city. That's them. And Jesus wants us, and wants our church to say, Broadway Baptist Church is going to reach this millennial age group, 18 to 25-year-olds. Sherry and I were blessed. I grew up in a church that had a college minister. I grew up in a church that had a very healthy collegiate ministry. My days at Sanford University at Birmingham, Alabama, I grew tremendously in my faith. I served. I was on mission trips. I was on opportunities throughout the church. And we need to be the same here. All right, I'm going to read here this prayer. This is a prayer here in John chapter 17. What's going on here in this scripture 
is Jesus, we don't know the location of this prayer. Most Bible scholars think it could have been the upper room. This is right before he was arrested. And we don't think it was the Garden of Gethsemane because he goes into the Garden of Gethsemane in the next chapter. What's happening here is this is Jesus' longest prayer in the Bible. And it's important, it's called the high priestly prayer. Because Jesus prays for, basically, he breaks his prayer into three categories. First, he's praying for himself. He's praying for God to honor his Father and also for what he's about to do, go die on a cross, that he actually fulfills that message. message. Secondly, he prays for his disciples. What they, they don't realize it, but he's got these 12 guys at this point. Judas already denied them. 11 guys here, and they are about to start a church. Not just a church, they're about to start a movement, a gospel-centered movement. In the book of Acts, it breaks out. But what they don't realize, everything right now is perfect for them. But what's about to happen is they're about to step into a world after Jesus ascends and goes into heaven that everyone hates them. And not only that, the devil is trying to destroy him. Do you know that sounds like faith today? If you're a Bible-believing Christian, if you hold to the tenets of the Scripture, if you hold to, thus saith the Lord, there are folks that do not like you. They are against the gospel. They're against what God, is, uh, against what the God wants to, them to know and what God says. But not only that, there's a devil that wants to destroy us. There's a devil that wants to put us on the sidelines and make us an ineffective church and make you an ineffective church completely irrelevant Christian. That all you think of when you hear the word Kentucky is basketball and now certainly football. And that's it. That's all you know. You don't know about any of the actual people. It's just a sports school when in fact there's thousands of souls there that matter to the Lord whom Jesus died for. So I want to look at this prayer here. John chapter 17. We're going to read what, what happened here. Uh, when Jesus began praying for his disciples. And it's important for us today because this should also be our prayer life. This is what we call intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is when we pray for other folks. It's when you pray for God not just to protect you, you pray for God's protection on other people, on people who need to come to know the Lord, your family members who are, outside, who are out of the church. All right. John chapter 17, verse 9. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those of you who've given me, but for those you've given me, because they are yours. Everything I have is yours, and everything you have is mine. And I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, Protect them, look at this, protect them by your name that you have given me so that they may be one as we are one. Look at this, Jesus is praying, i got to stop right here, Jesus is praying for the Holy Father to protect people. He's saying, God, I know these 11 disciples, they don't realize they are about to get hit by a truck. They have a roaring lion that is about to devour them. Young people come to our city and bam, they get hit with alcohol. They get hit with sexual immorality. They get hit with all, the, all of a sudden all these new beliefs. 
and attitudes that they had never been exposed to. And that Jesus is saying, protect them. By who? Do you know who we are protected by? Look at that. By your name. The name of Jesus. Not only, church, does He save you, the name of Jesus protects you. You want protection from your family? You want to be surrounded by a fence of God? You ask for the Lord to put a shield of faith, of protection around people you know. If you, don't have, if you aren't protected by the name of Jesus, you're going to have a drinking problem, you're going to get divorced, you're going to go bankrupt. The devil will go after you. You'll be addicted to pain medication any possible way. He will derail your faith. We have to see, and what the Bible's reminding us, we are at war. It is a battleground for folks. And it's easy for us, it's easy for me, to live in a cocoon, a little world, where basically, you know, you, you get in your weekly routine, you have your small circle of friends, and that's life. And the Scripture, Jesus is saying, no, you're going into a world that does not believe the Bible. You're going into a world that the devil has you as a target. Verse, keep, keep moving along here. Verse 13. Verse 12. While I was with them, I was protecting them by your name and that, for those that you've given me. I guarded them, and not one of them is lost except the son of destruction, so that the Scripture may be fulfilled. That's Judas right there. Now, I'm coming to you, and I speak these things in the world so that they may have my joy completed in them. I have given them your word. The world hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I am not praying that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. So what that means is you are in the world, what Jesus is saying right here in verse 15. You're in the world, but you're not of the world there's a huge difference for us yes we live in the world yes there's sin abounds and there's opportunities for destruction all around us and christ is saying here you lord please protect them while they're in this world because our home is not in this world our home is in heaven we live for a kingdom that has not yet come what washington does Yes, it affects us now, but eternally it does not affect us. We hang to the gospel. We hold to the future coming of the kingdom of God, as Jesus speaks about. Verse 16, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Look at this. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. John 17, 17 tells us, Broadway Baptist, that if you want to find truth, you don't go to a logic class. You go to your Bible. When God says something, God does it. Thus saith the Lord will happen. We look here. We are sanctified. Sanctified, this was last Sunday's sermon, is holiness. God makes us holy through Scripture. You want to grow closer to God? You want to get in the habit in this new year, 2019? of saying, God, I want to live for you, you commit the best discipline for spiritual growth is reading the Bible. 
Why? Because it's true. You start reading your Bible, you become a disciple, you'll increase your prayer life, you have an attitude to start seeing the lostness all around you, looking for opportunities to share the gospel with folks, looking for, looking for ways to serve, you start giving, it completely changes your mind. You start coming to church and say, what's, instead of what's in it for me, Lord, what are you going to do? What's going to happen this week? The people I invited, are they going to be here? That's what it means. Sanctify them with your truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. I sanctify myself for them so that they may also be sanctified by the truth. Jesus said, I sent, Lord, you sent me into the world? I'm sending my disciples. Have you sent your children into the world? Have you sent your grandchildren into the world? What that means, if you've commissioned them, you've given them to God so they could advance His kingdom. Instead of waking up and thinking, I'm going to see how much money I can make and how be successful I am, Lord, I'm going to go into the world and do Your work and do Your will. These verses here, Jesus, all throughout these verses, He's warning us about how we need to be protected by the evil one. Psalm 119, verse 9 says, How can a young man keep his way pure? And it's hard for a young man to keep his way pure. The phone in your left hand is pure immorality. Social media, you can see any sin in the world you want right there. And the devil will make sure you do that. He'll make sure you see it. By keeping your word. That's what he says. Psalm 119, verse 9. How do you keep, how's a young man, you want to be pure? Purity starts by keeping God's word. Purity starts with a daily devotional life. Saying, Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to start and I'm going to be sanctified by you. The real danger that we encounter today is that the world hates us and the devil wants to destroy us. Go get them. That is the mission Jesus is saying to you. You're going into a world that people are not going to accept the gospel, and not only that, the devil's going to try to stop it. But the thing about the gospel, Jesus tells us the gospel is the good news. It will never, ever be defeated. And knowing that God's word doesn't return void. Listen, you might share the good news this year with a couple of folks, invite them to church, tell them about Jesus, and they reject you. The first five or six times, people might mock you and laugh at you. It's the next one. God will open their heart. We have no idea how God's Spirit is blowing. Remember that conversation Jesus had with Nicodemus at night in John chapter 3? What happened there is Jesus had to tell Nicodemus, says, you don't understand how folks are born again. The Spirit blows and you don't know where it goes. You don't know how it's working in folks' life. That's the picture we have to see. Just because we might not like something, it might not be our preference, but God might be completely working there in someone's life. Do you know, <clears throat> college students, you know, right here in a college town, are some of the most strategic and unreached people groups around today. You've got young folks who are coming to school to learn, to be molded and shaped. And here's why they're so strategic. Because if a church has a dynamic college ministry, and they learn their Bible, and learn foundational doctrinal troops of the Scriptures, and they all of a sudden start going and serving, then they're going to graduate from undergraduate school, go to graduate school, and they're going to go out in the world, and they'll move back to their city. And the thing about college ministry is, you, know, you might get them a few years, but they won't stay. They're going to leave. 
They're going to go back home. They're going to go to Atlanta or New York and get a job. But the, that the foundation that they learned at those years, the gospel that was planted in their life, all of a sudden, instead of having an attorney who is pagan, you're going to have one who's godly. Instead of having a physician who doesn't believe the Bible, you're going to have a Bible-believing physician. Instead of you having a businessman who's a crook and who's, all he cares about is making money, you're going to have a businessman who's going to use his business to honor and advance the kingdom. That's what happens to college ministry. They come here, it's like a sending base. They learn the gospel, they're grounded in their faith, they serve and go on mission, and then they go out. And they go and serve the Lord. You know, until we get to heaven, we will never know the impact we've made. We'll have no idea of how, how much influence we've had on young people's lives. Do you know, many people come to Christ in times of trouble or transition. And going to college is the first major transition in someone's life. And they're coming here to Lexington, and it's an opportunity for them. Now, they can certainly get in trouble in our city, but they also can find Christ. It's a transitional time in their life. I have on our handout here, J.D. Greer's Four Tips to Engage College Students. J.D. Greer is our current president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He's the pastor of the Summit Church they're in Durham, North Carolina. It's a church right there. I believe that's where Duke. I didn't want to say the word Duke from the pulpit, but his, <laughs> I know. Oh, goodness, we actually have Duke fans here. <laughs> I'm shocked. The church has really changed. Man, <clears throat> you know, this tie is not for Duke. I wore this for it. It's not a blue tie. It's a, you know, after Monday night, I had to go shopping for a new, a new, uh, new sports team after uh, something happened against Clemson. I mean, it was pitiful. But anyway, back to, back to the gospel here. J.D. Greer, there in Durham, North Carolina, he tells us here, he's a church that reaches college students. And look at this. We do not shy away from depth. What that means is we need to address and answer the hard questions. People want to know the hard questions of what's going on. Now, I do this a lot on Wednesday nights. We spend Wednesday nights, question and answer time, we, we address these things, abortion, divine punishment. Why did God kill certain people, in the, especially the Old Testament? Homosexuality, that's front and center. Is the Bible true? You're gonna, the Bible's going to be questioned when you go to school. You're going to have an ethics professor question the reliability of the Scriptures. And if you're not grounded, you can fall for that stuff. Churches, shouldn't, churches have to answer the hard questions. We should have classes, apologetics classes, that go through, okay, here's, here's the basic questions that people attack the Scriptures, and here's how to answer them. Number two, we live in a Bono generation. Now, for some of those who don't know, Bono, he is the lead singer of U2, and if he was here, he'd wear sunglasses. That's what he's known for. Everywhere he goes, even a man sleeps in sunglasses. And he is big into humanitarian. I mean, if there's any humanitarian project, you know, Bono's the face of it, and he's going to go there and help them out, whatever they're doing. Well, that generation loves, they've adopt, adapted that, so people want to serve. They want to meet those physical needs. It, you know, helping the poor, for a lack of a better term, is cool. And maybe at one point it wasn't cool, but it, now it's certainly a way. Any message, if you're not addressing the societal global needs of our world, you know, young people can tend to tune out of that. This is a generational thing. Number three, 
<clears throat> we have to develop summer projects and overseas missions. Folks come here, they need to be a place for them to go and to serve. You know, you know, people 18 and 25, usually they're very flexible. All they have to do is go to school, go home, and they're able to leave for a few weeks during the summer and go on a mission trip and certainly be able to serve. Missions should be planted in a young person's life. That should be a passion that they develop. And fourthly, we see here, there needs to be one-on-one meetings and small groups. There are many ways more effective than what we would say a come-and-get-it approach. For example, having an altar call here at Broadway Baptist Church and saying, costumes, if you want the gospel, you need to come running down the altar because the preacher's got one minute to talk to you while we sing just as I am, and we'll talk to you then. Well, that's not going to reach 20-plus thousand college students living in dorms right down the street. It's going to be in a small group, one-on-one, intentional relationship. The invitation, obviously, anyone can respond. But if folks aren't coming to you, that doesn't mean, well, that's their fault, they're lost. No, you go to them. Listen, Jesus loves college-age students. He loves young adults. We were all there at one point. People invested. I had other men invest in me. I had deacons at the church pour their life into me. I had a man named Todd. We met at a Mediterranean restaurant every Thursday at 5.30. And I was dating Sherry, and he was telling me what to do. That's how I got married. He, co- he coached me through of what to say. Just as Chris shared, he had dated Lauren a year. You have to know what to say. Your goal of dating girl, if you want to marry, don't blow it. That's the number one goal. Don't mess up. So you have to have a coach to tell you, lead you through down that journey. Listen, men... Seriously, are you investing in a young person's life? Is there someone who's younger than you that you just love? And listen, they're going to make mistakes. They're going to drop the ball. Women, is there a young lady that you're pouring your life? Just take them to lunch. Take them to dinner. Take them to McDonald's. And just sit there and say, hey, how are things going? You have to have a, this is a no-judgment zone. Say, brother, I'm not going to tell you anything. I'm not going to tell anybody else. There's no judgment. You can say anything. No judgment. That you, you earn that type of trust, I tell you, your ministry, your one-on-one personal ministry will multiply. God will bless that. Men, women, that's what we need to be doing. We need to be pouring our life. Some of us have been believers for decades, decades. And there's a whole other generation and all they want is an invitation for a free lunch or a free dinner. They'll take you up on it. They'll love it. That is a step in reaching folks, reaching young folks with the gospel. Jesus is, and you start praying for them. Jesus is saying, listen, if we don't get them, the devil will. Church, do you want to be a church that reaches college students in our college town? Do we want to be a congregation that says we want to have a presence at UK? We want to be there with these 5,102 students who are coming in every August, infusing our city? Absolutely. We want to be a church that's seeing college students baptized and giving their life to Jesus and saying, I'm ready to go and serve. I want to sign up on Danny Snyder's mission trips. I want to go wherever the church is going. I want you to make a commitment to that this morning. Saying, Lord, sign me up. I want to invest 
and the next generation. We're going to have our invitation. I'm going to ask David Dell to come forward. We're going to sing a hymn here. We're going to sing hymn number 544. Have that own way, Lord. If God has spoken to you this morning, if you need to make a decision, you need to make a commitment to the Lord, now is your time to do that. This is what we call an altar call. It's a time that we do business with God. What God, in many ways, does privately in our hearts, we make public to Him. Jesus is praying this prayer in John chapter 17 publicly. The gospel is public. So it's our opportunity to answer that call and respond to the Lord. I'm going to invite everyone to stand up. David's going to lead us in our song along with Miss Gail. We're going to sing 544 in our songbook. I'll be standing down front. Now is your time to respond to the Lord. We'll sing together. Have that on way. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and still. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Search me and try me, Master, today. Whiter than snow, Lord, wash me just now, as in thy presence. Humbly I bow, have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Wounded and weary, help me, I pray. Power, all power, surely is thine. Touch me and heal me, Savior divine. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Hold o'er my being absolute sway. Fill with thy spirit till only always living in me. I'm going to ask everybody to be seated real quick. Jerry, will you come stand up here with me? And now remember, I'm going to present um, Jared here. We have a, God's certainly been doing a great thing. And remember, right when we're done with this, we go into our business meeting. So uh, don't run out the door. So with that, God's certainly been moving in uh, folks in our church's life. And folks like this here is Jared Davis. Jared is a senior at Eastern Kentucky University, and he got saved. He gave his life to Christ, and he wants to follow in believer's baptism. So we are excited for Jared. Amen. Best decision you'll ever make. Jared also, Jared also plays in our orchestra here. So he's uh, uh, musically gifted and just uh, very, uh, very excited. Oh, he's also in VOP, Voice of Praise. So he's uh, very active. So uh, we're excited for Jared. I'm gonna, uh, we'll be scheduling baptism in a few weeks. 
so or uh, soon for thereafter, and it's a great way to certainly follow the Christ in, uh, in, ba- in uh, believer's baptism after being saved. So, uh, Jerry, I'm going to ask you to sit right here. So at this point, we are going to go into our business scene. So um, uh, Kevin Dye is going to come on down, and, um, and we'll go into that, and you'll have an opportunity here to uh, participate in our business meeting. If you're a member, you'll be able to vote. And what we'll do is, um, after, after our business meeting, we'll invite Jared to come forward because we need to have our welcome line and uh, certainly congratulate Jared on trusting Christ as his Lord and, um, and following in believer's baptism. Good morning, Broadway. Certainly, we have, a, we have reached a quorum. It is my pleasure to call to order this special business meeting. I'd like to ask Brother 